Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That is what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. Be it joy and laughter, sorrow and tears, awe and insight, or deepest devotion, as we visit and listen, we are all part of a spiritual voyage called Song of the Soul. We have a wonderful guest here today for Song of the Soul. Tom Kimmel is joining us from down in Mississippi today, though a majority of his life was actually spent in Nashville. You likely could have already heard some of his songs, even if you had not yet heard Tom perform them, given that his songs have been covered by the likes of Johnny Cash, Wailing Jennings, Linda Ronstadt, Nancy Griffith, Dolly Parton, Sean Colvin, Art Garfunkel, and many, many other well-known performers. But today you get the added benefit of hearing them straight from the mouth and heart of Tom Kimmel. I was pointed to Tom by my guest of just a month ago, John Smith, and it's clearly a case of deep heart and soul connecting to deep heart and soul. I've already had much of a wonderful hour talking to Tom before you get to listen in, so I am sure that there will be plenty of great bonus excerpts that won't fit into this broadcast. So remember to check them out. Right now, Tom Kimmel joins us via Zoom from Mississippi. Tom, what a privilege to have you here today for Song of the Soul. It's great to be with you. Tell me a little bit about where you are and how long you've lived there. Well, I'm way down south near the Gulf Coast in Mississippi, in the town of Hattiesburg. It's a college town of about 45,000 people. There's a larger college, the University of Southern Mississippi. I grew up in the Deep South, and then I went to Nashville for 36 years, and I never thought I'd find myself way down here again, but I got married three years ago, and my wife is a minister here in Hattiesburg, and I've been here for three and a half years since we got married. And since you didn't imagine you would be there, does that mean you anticipated not enjoying it, but you do? I enjoy it more than I thought I would, but it was an intermediate step. Seven or eight years ago, I got divorced, and I was living in Nashville. And at the same time, my mother fell ill with cancer. Being suddenly single just worked out for me to be her caregiver. She and my dad had retired in Tupelo, Mississippi, which is in northeast Mississippi. It's uh, relatively close to Memphis. So I was there for the last year and a half of her life, and then I stayed on, not sure if I wanted to go back to Nashville or whatever, and I met my wife, because she hired me to teach and perform for a part of an arts festival that she was putting together here in Hattiesburg. We collaborated on that, hit it off, dated for a couple of years, and here I am. Before we got on the air, Tom, we were talking a little bit about your religious and spiritual background. You mentioned growing up Episcopalian, and you know, you've done a long journey to the East, meditation, Buddhism, many other varieties, right? But you married a minister. What flavor of minister, and has she saved you? (laughs) You know, I probably shouldn't tell you this story, but I will. The first real conversation we had about spirituality was in the midst of the festival that she had put together. And I was leading two classes. One was on music writing and one was on poetry writing. And in between the uh, workshops, we had a lunch. And she and I ended up sitting together. 
And I don't remember what I was reading about Richard Rohr at the time, but, you know, he's a Franciscan priest, monk, and he founded the Center for Action and Contemplation out in New Mexico. And his Christian approach includes elements like Buddhist contemplation. And, and I couldn't believe she was, she said, I, well, I studied him in dip school. Where did you go to dip school? She, well, she went to Duke. And I'm like, I thought this was a Baptist church, you know, and well, it is, but it's a little different kind of Baptist church. And so when we began dating early on, I said, listen, I need, I need to tell you, you know, I've got a Buddhist teacher and I still consider myself to be an Episcopalian. And I really appreciate things about several traditions that have been important to me. And she said, so what else you got? And I love that, you know, she was like, you know, it's the taste of the sea of salt. And so we've never had any kind of conflict, even though our orientation is not exactly the same. Does religion, does spirituality, does this connection with the big thing? I'm very comfortable with a wide range of language and none, because after all, I'm a Quaker. You can be quiet and know something without having to put it into words. Does that inform your music a lot, a little? uh, I mean, zero to 100, where do you think it is? I think it's quite high, but that doesn't mean that I think everything's got to be a directly spiritual song. I don't think that. I like to think that there's a spiritual element in everything, but I think it'd be really boring if we, like, for example, I'm not a fan of contemporary Christian music. I mean, I've heard some good music. There's some really talented musicians and and, and writers and singers in that field, but I'm not interested in preaching to the choir. I'm not interested in message music. When I say message music, I feel like if I come from where I want to be, that the listener will have the experience they need to have. It's not my job to do anything other than create something as artfully as I can using the gifts I'm given, the skills I've acquired. It is not my job to ensure what the listener's experience is. Well, I am almost positive that you could therefore pick out a song that would give us a flavor of how your spirituality is infused in the music of Tom Kimmel. One song that steps out of the group that I gave you is a song I wrote with Pierce Pettis called The Crying Ground. You know, it says, come on down to the crying ground. We're talking holy water running down your face. Ain't no disgrace. Come on down to the crying ground. I think that when I was doing this body-mind therapy study that I mentioned before our interview began, at the time it was called Alaya Process, later it was called Yoga for the Emotional Body, I saw over and over and over in workshops, retreats, and in, in client sessions, people would say, I haven't been able to cry in years. I haven't cried in years. I didn't cry until so-and-so said something in our group, or in some instances, until you played that song. I just feel like the world would be a different place if we didn't sit on our grief. But the song says it better than I can explain it. The way the song starts up, no need to hide what's going on. Your story's all over town and it's all right that it's all wrong. Just come on down to the crying ground. The Crying Ground, you can find it via Tom Kimmel's website, tomkimmel.com. Links on northernspiritradio.org. He wrote this with Pierce Pettis, and it is from his recording short stories. Here is The Crying Ground. No need to hide what's going on Your story's all over town And it's alright, but it's all wrong Just come on down to the crying ground 
dark sky feels like rain. Just look at all those thunderclouds. I'll bet that dam is just about to break. Better come on down to the crying ground. Come on down to the crying ground. We are talking holy water, rolling down your face. Ain't no disgrace. Come on down to the crying. Can see you wanna steal away, where you will never be found. But sometimes everybody feels this way. Better come on down to the crying ground. Come on down to the crying ground. We are talking holy. Rolling down your face, ain't no disgrace. Come on, down to the crying ground. No need to tell me what you're going through, 'cause sister, I've been right where you are now. You know exactly what you need to do. Come on, down, 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 down. Come on, down, 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 down. Better come on, down, 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 down. Come on, down, 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 down. Better come on, down, 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 down. Better come on, down, down. Down, down, come on, down, 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 down. We are talking holy water, rolling down your face. Ain't no disgrace. Come on, down to the crying ground. Down to the crying ground. We've got Tom Kimmel here today for Song of the Soul. That was his song, "Crying Ground." Actually, it's co-owned, I guess, with Pierce Pettis as well. I want to ask you something about that collaboration, but first of all, I want to just give you my reaction. I grew up Catholic, by the way, and we have holy water, right? You know, when you dab it, you do the sign of the cross, and so on. So, holy water has always meant that. And at certain times in the mass, the priest goes by and he's got a censer and incense, and he's casting holy water on us. Right? I like your holy water better. <laughs>、uh, 
course, I haven't been Catholic for a long time, but the holy water of tears, it does feel to me like you touch something right at the center spirit. I think of the times when there's been blessed rain come from my eyes when I got touched by something broken, opened up inside, found a new way forward. What's your experience with crying? Yeah, for sure. I think when I started doing real in-depth therapy and personal growth work, I had gone a long time without crying. I remember when the tears first came. It was cathartic. It was a physical change in my body, and it it was a shift. It was a shift on my axis, you know. If I go a long period, with, I mean, now I'm easily moved to tears. My wife teases me sometimes. She goes, are you crying? You know, well, yeah, because they found the puppy. <laughs> 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 You know, we, we just watched a documentary called My Octopus Teacher that I highly recommend if you have Netflix. I'm not saying you should, but if you have Netflix, My Octopus Teacher, it's fantastic. I cried watching My Octopus Teacher documentary. You know? <laughs> it was one of those. Now, she cries, too. Don't get me wrong. She's not all tight or anything by any means. But sometimes I surprise her, you know, with uh, <laughs> But there was a long stretch of years where I absolutely could not cry. I was so tight and bound, trying to keep a lid on everything I was afraid of or angry with or that I didn't want to grieve, you know. I had a, heard someone say in a therapy workshop one time, well, I'm afraid if I take the lid off the pot, I'll never get it back on. And I think that applied to me at that time. <laughs> well, congratulations. It's not a, something that needs a lid. <laughs> Were you writing poetry and music at the time when you had the lid clamped in place? I was, you know, and I think that was a way that, that was maybe, I almost said the one way, I, I guess you, I could say that, the one way that the creative spirit could get out, you know, it would, would leak out to songs and poems. And I'm really proud of some of those songs. But I think once I began to really do the work, I think that's when things really opened up creatively for me. And, and I began to create a body of work that I can still enjoy sharing. Now, the first song that you shared, The Crying Ground, was from Short Stories, which was released in 1999. Yeah, it was my first independent studio album. And I had had a couple of major label records out before that, one on Mercury Records and one on Polydor Records in the U.S., but that was all more rock and roll music. It was all pretty loud, energetic, full band. Are you saying that rock and roll music didn't open up your heart in the same way that your later work did? No, I wouldn't say that. I think that rock and roll music was really important to me, and I still love it. But it's a good question, because I'm really glad that I had a band for a lot of years, even though I'm wearing hearing aids now as a result. But I just think... Even when I was making rock and roll records, I was writing a variety of things. When I made my second record for Polygram, which ended up being on their Polydor label, I had written songs like The Blue Train that Linda Ronstadt later recorded and The One, which Joe Cocker recorded with Phoebe Snow. And I recorded those songs for the album. And when I took it to the label, they said, no, this isn't rock enough for your record. And I think that was one of the things that I began to think if I have written these songs that I love that I can't put on my own record, maybe I'm trying to squeeze myself into, uh, it began to feel like that was the only market I was going to be allowed if I continued in that direction. And so after I lost the Polygram deal, 
I wasn't really sure what was next. And I ended up playing at a songwriter show with Nancy Griffith in the audience. She was widely respected and was really popular at, at the time. And she invited me to open a tour for her solo because she had seen me sing a couple of songs at this songwriter show. I just said, well, I don't really play solo. You know, I have a band. And she said, no, no, I want you to come like this. And at first I said, no, I can't do that. And her manager said, well, you know, Guy Clark opened the last tour. The Indigo Girls opened the tour before that. So I went on the road with her for nine months, played all over the U.S. in beautiful venues. But when I was on the road with Nancy and I played all those beautiful places from the Beacon Theater in New York, Hammersmith Odeon in London, the, the Warfield in San Francisco, the more I could just be myself, just take my songs and just share them without a lot of embellishment, the more at home I felt. And that was the big shift. It wasn't me saying, oh, rock is not a valid art form or anything like that. I just found that it was really the song form fundamentally and what I could do to share it that was most nurturing to me. Well, why don't you show us some more of where that bubbles up from the music of Tom Kimmel? All right, here's a song that I wrote around that time that I was working with Nancy. I had been listening to some Van Morrison where he had done a series of albums that were very directly spiritual themes, a sense of wonder, beautiful vision, inarticulate speech of the heart, some of his records. And I was beginning to feel like I had permission to just let it out in whatever form. And I wrote a song that just bubbled out one day. I was on a fishing trip with my dad. And for whatever reason, I lagged behind a little bit, and he had taken the boat out without me, which was very much like him. And at first, I was miffed, you know. I thought, gosh, I can't believe it. I was almost ready. But it was a real gift because that day, back at the cabin where we were staying, this song came along. And man, oh, man, it was just, it's been a staple in my shows, and it's been recorded by a few other artists. It ended up being the theme for a two-part special of the TV show Touched by an Angel, Randy Travis recorded it on a gospel album. I've even had people tell me, you didn't write that. That's an old gospel song. And I'm like, no. <laughs> um, but it's called Shallow Water. Let's go deep in shallow water. I will not drown in shallow water. Not with your love within my reach. I did not come this far to falter And will not rest until I'm free You are the sun, you are the flower You are the wind across the sea And I will kneel here at your altar and pray you take my soul to keep Oh precious one You are the mountain You are the earth Beneath my feet And you will one Now and forever And you I find The love in me through your love, my eyes are open. Through your love, I'll learn to see. And in your name, my bread is broken. By your grace, I'll live in peace. 
I will not drown in shallow water, not with your love in my reach. I did not come this far to falter, and will not rest until I'm free. Mm-hmm. so very thankful to have Tom Kimmel here with me today for Song of the Soul. That's his song, Shallow Water. When you said during the intro, Tom, that some people say, you know, that's old gospel. That's old, you know, maybe that's Carter family. Maybe that's, you know, they're looking back and you say, no, that's me. Still, you're channeling spirits from all over the place. The you that you repeat in that song, who is you? Well, you know, that's the big challenge. You know, when we talk about spirit, we only have words and words are symbols. And the symbols don't mean the same thing to everybody. This is why I think I'm drawn to poetry so much and and to the poetry and music. So we have to say you in various ways, you know, and in that particular, how do I conceive of you? I can tell you how I don't conceive of you. I don't conceive of God as male or white-haired or old or in the sky or anything like that. But yet there's something I really appreciate about the musical flavor of that song. Honestly, when you ask any writer how he or she came to write this particular thing, I think we can talk about where we've come from what our references are. But I think when we're really connected with a song that is sparking from the heart or the soul or whatever, I think we have limited choices. That is, our choice is to go with what resonates. I can't tell you why I chose some of that language, except that in that moment when I felt on fire with that song, that's what felt right. 
Folks, we are visiting with Tom Kimmel today for Song of the Soul. Our website is northernspiritradio.org, and you can find the way to Tom Kimmel's site. It's tomkimmel.com, T-O-M-K-I-M-M-E-L. But you don't have to have all those fancy spellings if you just come via northernspiritradio.org. I've got links to all of my guests of the last 15 years. We've been rich in depth of spirit, in songs, people living out, making the world a safer, better, more blessed place. And Tom Kimmel's adding to that today. So come to the site and rate the programs and comment on them. Make our communication two-way. There's a donate button if you care to contribute. Even more important than supporting Northern Spirit Radio is to support your local media, your community radio stations and community papers and websites that get the news out. It's so absolutely vital to have a growing and wide and nurtured source of music and of news that is not controlled by a narrow spigot that serves someone's profit. So please support your local community radio station with your hands, with with your wallet, please make a difference. Now, again, Tom Kimmel's here, and we've only heard two of his songs so far because both he and I love to talk, and there's so much of value and worth and depth to talk about. But I'm going to try and hustle us so we can get another four songs in if possible, Tom. How should we start out with the second half of Song of the Soul today? Well, I think let's play Walk the Walk. When I was still living in Nashville and I would drive down to see my parents in Tupelo, I would take the Natchez Trace Parkway, which is a beautiful drive. It's actually a national park. And there's something about driving the trace. I used to frequently write a song or a poem on that drive. And that particular day, I wrote this song called Walk the Walk. And I wrote the whole thing in the car without a guitar and then picked up a guitar and sorted it out. And when I recorded it for my short stories album, I had run into a horn player named Jim Horn, of all people, who had played with everybody from the Beach Boys to Stevie Wonder. And Jim said, hey, you got anything you need a saxophone on? And I said, I do now. And I played him this song. And he said, man, you need the Memphis horns on this song. And I said, well, yeah, but he said, I'll just play all the parts. So he played all the Memphis horn parts, what he imagined they would be on the saxophone. And we got this awesome track about walking your talk. It's called Walk the Walk.
door When they're sick and tired of hearing The trash and lies they've heard before Baby, is that your case? Is that the way you cope? With the big blue world From the end of your road You think you know the answer But it's love you're looking for And you're never gonna find it Till you give a little love Top, top And you got to walk, walk, baby song by Tom Kimmel is so much better than what first popped into my head when I saw the title of the song, Walk the Walk, being the age I am. And, and you know, Tom, we're very close to the same age. What popped into my head was Steve Martin, Walk Like an Egyptian. And I'm so glad it wasn't that song, <laughs> but it was what you put together. There's a lot of depth there in walking your talk. Now, the name again is Walk the Walk. Right. Is that because somebody already had Walk the Talk? No, it's just what came up. I had uh, an old girlfriend. We were having an argument or a fight one day, and she said, you know how to talk the talk, but you have no idea how to walk the walk. And I said, what a great idea for a song. <laughs> that's really where it came from. And so that's where it started. If you, you know, if you got to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. And it's really it's a note to self. It's, it's an ongoing lesson for me. You can't just talk the talk. You've got to walk the walk. So it's a fun way of doing it, I think. And I really enjoy the kind of R&B feel of it. Well, I promised our listeners that I'd hurry and get some more of your music in here. Where should we go next? Let's play Pages. Pages was a, a, another one of those songs that kind of bubbled up for me from a sort of a mysterious place. I didn't really understand what the song was about at the time. 
And I had a lot of trouble finishing it. And so one day I had a writing appointment with a fine writer named Jenny Yates. Jenny wrote several songs with and for Garth Brooks during his peak of his popularity. She came in and helped me pick up the loose ends of the song. And I, I, she rescued me from the song. But the song speaks to me much more now than it did then. Because it's about, uh, it starts off with the lyric, yesterday's wars stack up like loose papers on the floor, pounding like old knocks upon my door. And so it's about how do we move forward from where we've been? How do we move forward from the wreckage of the past and the present? What will we write on these pages? And I thought it'd be a good one to include for us because it's just me and the guitar. And I wanted people to be able to hear this is what I sound like in my solo shows. The song is Pages. It's written by both Jenny Yates and Tom Kimmel. And we've got a beautiful, simple presentation of it, shall we say, by Tom Kimmel here today for Song of the Soul. Yesterday's wars Stack up like old papers on the floor Pounding like old knocks upon my door Breaking like the ocean Washing through my hands Changing this whole mountain into sand You know me By the stories I have made You know me Looking out through boxes and cages And it's hard to clearly see what's right In ordinary light Does the truth filter down through the ages we cannot see the end So here we must begin Tell me what will we write On these pages This open road Showing only what it wants to show Calling when it's time for us to go Driven by emotion Pushing from the past Running till the spirit's free at last And you know me by the stories I have made You know me looking out through boxes and cages And it's hard to clearly see what's right In ordinary light does the truth filter down through the ages We cannot see the end so here we must begin Tell me what will we write on these pages Down through history we race across Borders into empty space We write a chapter, a fable, a line, a trace Another heart may follow And you know me by the stories I have made You know me looking out through boxes and cages And it's hard to clearly see what's right In ordinary light does the truth filter down through the ages We cannot see the end so here we must begin Tell me what will we write on these pages Tom Kimmel is with us here today for Song of the Soul. His website is tomkimmel.com. 
what can I say about that song? I love it. It speaks so well. I, I love the fact that you do it less adorned than many other songs, uh, because I feel all the more that your heart is shining through it. And I just have to send that thank you out to Jenny Yates, who I've never heard of before, that she freed this up to come out in such full blossom. And that's from uh, Tom Kimmel's recording, Light of Day, released back in 2004. There's some eight albums that you can track down for Tom Kimmel, and please do check them out. Two of them that are with other folks, the Waymores and the New Agrarians, two different sets of three people. Check them all out on TomKimmel.com and give us another song right away, Tom. Why don't we play um, Long, Long Way From Here? We spoke a little bit before the interview about growing up in South Alabama during the civil rights era. And that was always a very difficult thing for me to write about. And this song was my song to try to name some of that uh, angst, the challenges of coming of age during that time. But long, long way from here, it really was a personal statement for me. And it was another place that I had a lot of difficulty finishing the song. When I was recording short stories, my producer, Cliff Goldmacher, said, we've got to put this song on there. I said, well, I haven't finished the lyrics. And he said, you've been finishing the lyrics for six months. Let's just record the track, sing what you got. And that really with Cliff lighting a fire under me and checking in with me over and over and making some suggestions, we got the song written and I'm, you know, he was the midwife. <laughs> well, thanks to Cliff Goldmacher for helping birth this song in songs by Tom Kimmel. It's called long, long way from here. A devil with a halo Or an angel with a tail Living down in that dark basement I'd mistaken for a cell Was I really hearing voices Or just talking to myself It wasn't perfectly clear I was doing alright I was doing all wrong I was hiding at the movies And I was living in a song That was playing in my head but I was scared to sing along As if somebody could hear And yet when I know Love is not to blame It's the one thing Right in a world gone wrong I know But it's hard to see When it's a long, long way from here Fighting in the streets There was fighting in Vietnam Every night on TV And there was fighting in my room When there was no one there but me It was that kind of year There was trouble ahead There was trouble behind There was two kinds of trouble And the second one was dying And the first one I called Living back in 1969 you get the idea And I know Love is not to blame It's the one thing Right in a world gone wrong I know But it's hard to see When it's a long, long way from here I knew that something wasn't right I knew it 
But when the world says black is white and you know better, what can you do but go so thankful for that song, Tom. Tom Kimmel contributed for his song of the soul today, Long, Long Way From Here. I know love is not to blame. It's the one thing right in the world gone wrong. That You hit me right in the heart with that one. I'm so thankful for the song. I'm carrying, I'm going to carry that for the coming weeks and as a little mantra that I, I can sing and, and see the world as a better place than sometimes I'm tempted to see it. So thank you so much for that song. And the, the story of the angst, you capture it so well. It's not that we come out fully formed. It's that we grow. And in fact, our troubles are sometimes the seeds for the best things in us. So thank you for capturing that. I noticed you haven't released a lot of music over the last 10 years. Is this a case of writer's block? Or, I mean, you, you mentioned your book of poetry. Are you changing where your energy is? Where's your life going right now? That's a good question. I don't know. You know, I, I feel like the pandemic is sort of a reset button, and I'm not really sure what it looks like going forward. There's some things I'm really enjoying about not being on the road so much. I have a nice home studio, and I've been working on a new project that I actually am recording new music. I'm collaborated on an interesting art book project with an artist who's based up the state in Tupelo named Key Francis, and he's created a book of art prints based on a song I wrote with Michael Lilly called The Last Time I Saw Cain, and it's sort of a retelling of the Cain and Abel story in the present, but it's also a defense of Cain, not for being a murderer, but, you know, in our culture, we tend to, he's good, he's bad. Oh, we thought he was good, but he's bad. There's no room to be human. It's difficult to find room to be human. And I think at the time I wrote that song, another one that Michael came in on late, I said, man, I need help with these chords. You know, all the back of the book chords, the weird chords. <laughs> but I wrote all the lyric, most of the music. And it was just, I don't know. I, I was, my best friend was in div school at Vanderbilt at the time. We're the same age, but he had gone back to school, to Divinity School. And I was reading some of his papers and 
some of the Old Testament stuff, which I'd never studied. And I thought, man, Cain got a raw deal. I mean, not only <laughs> does he get punished, but everybody, all of his descendants forever. I mean, it's crazy. So there will be new music. But I really did go through a long period of, I don't want to call it writer's block, because I have written a number of songs and poems over the years, but I feel like I lost my moorings for a while. I mean, I'm a little embarrassed to say that, but I just didn't want to force out more stuff because I felt like I should be creating product. The last two things I was a part of were the New Agrarians album and the Waymores album. And I was supposed to record a new album with another trio called the Sherpas that we did an album back in the 90s. And we were supposed to be recording an album right now. But obviously, that's not happened because of the pandemic. So there is going to be new music and I'm sure another book at some point. But there's going to be that gap as well. Like, what the heck was he doing? Well, he was going a little crazy. He was taking care of his mother. He was getting divorced. He was getting remarried and he was on the road a lot. And, you know, the reason it surprised me that you hadn't released it in the aftermath of your mother's death and your divorce, the reason it surprised me was because I found for myself that those critical moments in my life where I'm going through upheaval are the times when songs come out that are coming from the deepest place in me. I know that's true for a lot of people. And it's not that I haven't written anything. In fact, I've written a number of instrumentals. It's not just been a fallow time, but one of my fellow singer-songwriters I appreciate lives down in Texas, uh, Kevin Welch. He says, I'm on input or I'm on output. I'm never on both. And I think there's been a long stretch of input for me. I think I needed to go back down. I think I needed to go down, all the way down. I had to go down to not knowing anything, questioning everything, trying stuff, being willing to be foolish, being willing to try things, record things that... Okay, I really like that, but I don't think it's something to share. It's just going to confuse everybody. And at some point, I may put out a little EP of weird instrumentals that I recorded in the studio while I was taking care of my mother. I played some of them for my friend Don Henry not long ago. Don is in the Waymores Project with me, and Don just got nominated for the Nashville Songwriters Hall of Fame. And he said, man, you need to write words to that stuff. And I said, no, it was never for that. It was therapy while I was being a caregiver. It's hard, you know, care. I know a lot of people that listen to this have been caregivers, and but it's difficult. That's my mother. It's hard to watch that long, slow, painful decline. And that was my therapy time. Anyway, like I said, it's been a letting the field be fallow in a way, but it wasn't wasted time. You'll find a whole wealth of aspects of Tom and his work via TomKimmel.com. Of course, link on NordenSpiritRadio.org. But let's do one more song for your song of the soul. How do we conclude it, Tom? Well, I picked this song because I wanted to do something a little different. And because I have written a number of songs that have been covered by other artists, one of my favorite songs that's gotten out there a bit and it's been recorded a few times is a song I wrote with two friends, Jeff Franzel and Mark Luna. It's called Never Saw Blue Like That. Sean Colvin recorded it initially for a movie called Runaway Bride. It was uh, popular a few years ago and it's been recorded by an interesting array of artists. A Broadway singer, Melissa Errico and a classical singer named Haley Westernra and it's just gotten around in a really sweet way. When I play it on the road, a lot of times people will say, oh my gosh, that was our wedding song. I recorded a demo of the song with Cliff Goldmacher in his studio in Nashville, and I hired a young singer who I had really fallen for with this wispy, soft, whispery voice. 
Her name was Cheyenne Ragsdale. And we recorded the song with just Cheyenne and a piano player. And then we put a string quartet on it. And that's the version we gave Sean Colvin. And of all the versions that have been recorded of the song, including my own, which is on an album called Never Saw Blue, I still love that first demo. So we're finishing Tom Kimmel's Song of the Soul today with Never Saw Blue Like That. You're not going to be hearing Tom's voice for this, but Cheyenne Ragsdale's voice. And I'll have a link to her music on northernspiritradio.org. And that's not all I'll have links to. Of course, I have a link to tomkimmel.com. But there's going to be bonus excerpts from this interview because all that Tom and I talked about won't fit in the 55-minute broadcast. So please do come to northernspiritradio.org and listen to those extra parts. We're not done now that it's the end of the broadcast. There's more beyond this. Tom, I'm so delighted that John Smith connected me up with you. I'm so delighted to hear the texture and the depth of your life. I'm so thankful that your wife took you under her nurture. Me too. <laughs> and, and, and isn't it the truth, the healing that you've done in your life, which clearly has opened you as, as shines out through these songs, is an example for us all. I appreciate that so much and that you took the time to join me here today for Song of the Soul. Thank you, Mark. It's been my pleasure. Again, Tom's site, TomKimmel.com, the links on NorthernSpiritRadio.org, along with all the bonus excerpts that didn't fit in this broadcast. Here is Never Saw Blue Like That, performed by Cheyenne Ragsdale, but written by Tom Kimmel. We'll see you all next week for Song of the Soul. Never Saw Blue Like That.
Theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it is called Song of the Soul. Check out all things Song of the Soul on northernspiritradio.org, guests, links, stations, and a place for your feedback, suggestions, and support. Send your Songs of the Soul to me, Mark Helps Meet, via the info on our website, and join us weekly for Song of the Soul.